Hello, and welcome to the Market Bull Podcast. Please note, topics and stocks discussed in this podcast are not financial or investment advice. Today on the show, I spoke with Mike Spedborough, the executive co-chairman of Novo Resources, which is listed on the TSX, OTC, and listing soon on the ASX in quarter three. Novo Resources is focused primarily on its gold projects in Western Australia and Victoria. Mike talked about his extensive background in the mining sector and his journey to Novo Resources. Mike spoke about the dual listing process and why mining giant DeGray Mining entered into a joint venture with the company in June this year. Mike talked about the key projects at the company, highlighting the Besher, which is the focus of the joint venture with DeGray Mining. He also talked about the plans for the company, the key timelines with the projects, and who was a part of the team. I hope you enjoy listening. So hello, I'm Ben Kostrich, and this is the Markable Podcast. Joining me on the show today is Mike Spedborough, the executive co-chairman of Novo Resources. Uh, it's already listed on two exchanges, and the purpose of this conversation today is to learn about the upcoming third. Um, so before we go into Novo Resources, welcome to the show, Mike. Thanks, Ben. Good to catch up. Uh, so diving into Novo Resources, you're going through the process now of doing a, a dual listing on the ASX, which is, I can imagine, extremely exciting and a lot of work going into it and the reasons, but we'll explore all that in a moment. So yourself, I noticed on your, your resume, you've worked for countless mining companies and been in the industry for well, countless years as well. But your whole story and insight, I mean, how have you progressed throughout your career in the, in the mining sector? Well, I think the first thing I should declare is I'm a Queenslander, so don't hold that okay. <laughs> hold that against me. Yeah, I always say you can take the boy out of Queensland, but not Queensland out of the boy. Uh, so I'm actually a mine engineer by training, but I probably haven't done very much engineering for a long time. Um, somewhere along in my career, I ended up being the general manager of mining of Olympic Dam, so that's a very large, mm. complex underground operation. So that was a huge achievement and great excitement. I kind of got a bit bored with rocks for a while and disappeared into Rio Tinto and ran all their port operations for five years. So that's something very different from mine engineer. About that time in my career, I was really looking to get closer to the business end. So I moved into the smaller sector. So in that period, I've worked for Ivanhoe Australia and, and Robert Friedman's group. Um, Sandfire took a bit of time and IPO'd a project in Indonesia called Nusantara. So that was something different. And for the last couple of years, I've really been working for companies that need to be restructured and so I did a bit of work for Metals X and here I am with Novo doing something similar. Um, I enjoy building things so I suppose mm. early in my career as a mine engineer you get to build mines and then I've been in feasibility studies, I've run exploration programs and I suppose now more in the corporate field I'm building companies. Um, but the key element in all of that is I love working with people and love seeing teams succeed. So that's the commonality. Because I notice with a lot of executives in a position like yourself, you've started in at a different field and then naturally you've moved away from the big scale ones and gone further down to the smaller side of the, I guess, the sector to get more of a challenge, a bit more freedom potentially with these big companies having a lot of structures and bureaucracy in place as well, but having a lot more creativity and, and freedom to really explore. So going into Novo Resources, uh, I mean, explain what the company is and how it's been 
progressing and of course we'll address the the exciting ipo um dual listing on on the asx shortly but yeah what is novo resources yeah so novo's been around a long time i think many of the listeners have probably remembered novo was part of a conglomerate story um, a few years ago and definitely had a larger market cap um, so that really was triggered the growth of novo um, for a whole range of reasons the conglomerate story hasn't um, progressed very well but notwithstanding that the team accumulated a fantastic exploration portfolio you know, originally 18 months ago would have been about 14,000 square kilometres of tenure. So that's huge mm. across the Pilbara and a little bit in Victoria. So whilst the conglomerates haven't worked, the exploration portfolio is now fantastic. So in the near term, uh, we've been busy as an exploration company focused on the value within those assets. So we still want to really focus on being a gold explorer, but we have looked for lithium and nickel and other things mm. across it. We've got a great team, but at the moment... You know, we list on the TSX, uh, we really like exploring, we think explorers provide a really great upside for investors. You know, if you are successful, and we'll talk about some of the stuff we've done in a mm. minute, but if you are successful, there's a great leverage for shareholders. We may not bring dividends, but we bring um, uplift in market cap. Yeah, yeah, well, and that's part of the attraction that we were saying before, the, the noise about DeGray Mining wanting to be involved, or is involved, I should say, with this company really highlights the potential of the, the areas and the tenements that you've got. So, I, I mean, talking before, you said there's been a lot of work building up the, these packages uh, and having it ready. I mean, what has been involved in that and, and what are some of the, the highlight projects at, at Novo? Yeah, so with our exploration team, you know, they've got a very disciplined process and, and Novo is focused on how we maximise the benefit of the tenements we've got. Now, that doesn't mean we keep them. We had mm. 14,000 square kilometres, we're down to 10,000 square kilometres and probably at the end of the year we're even smaller. Mm. Um, that just reflects that as our team goes through and do and does you know, reconnaissance work, a little bit of drilling, we make a decision on toll gating it on going further. So people shouldn't be concerned that we drop tenements. It's about a fight for quality. Yeah. And what are the tenements that we think have the potential to bring on you know, new resource projects? We're, we're ambitious in setting ourselves a target of looking for big projects. You know, We want a million ounce type projects. We're not interested in a small 200, 300,000 ounce project that might be brownfields into an existing processing plant. There's not that many processing plants in the Pilbara anyway, but we're looking for the bigger mm. projects that are really company earners or we have an opportunity to do something with. So that's the rationale. You know, Our exploration team do a lot of reconnaissance work and then we'll move those projects into drilling and hopefully build a resource. And that will continue to be our disciplined approach. And I think that's the, the key with a lot of exploration companies, at least on the smaller side, is you have to be very specific in, in what you explore further because you can have a huge acreage of, of land, but then you've really got to narrow it down because as we all know, limited resources, it's not like some of the, the big players. So you mentioned before the Pilbara. Um, I want to dive more into that and about that project because that's where the real, at least the attraction I'm seeing of, of the reading all the news. So talk to us about the, the Pilbara project and the, and the area you've got there. Yeah, I think it's people have seen the Pilbara, you know, when I grew up, and even you know, as a young engineer, I worked at Power Purdue, I've worked at Panawanaka, and I ran the ports. So you always think of the Pilbara as iron ore. Mm. But um, the Pilbara does have a great historic uh, presence of gold. And as we know now, in the northern part of the Pilbara, you see a lot of lithium. Um, so across our tenements, we have seen nickel and copper and lithium. And where we do see those, we like to joint venture those or, or sell those uh, tenements because we think investors like a pure gold play. Yeah. Um, it doesn't get confusing for people. Gold's a little bit different as a commodity. It's a wealth commodity. Um, it's, it's very uh, securing for economics. 
So we think gold, it's important to be a real gold play. So that's been our focus. Um, so recently, with the work that we started, uh, we pulled apart some areas south of DeGray's Malina Basin, mm. and that's our Besha project. So we've only been drilling since September last year. Uh, June this year, we completed a really astonishing agreement with DeGray. Mm. It's great for our shareholders, but it shows the potential, not only what our exploration team could do, but shows the quality of Besha going forwards for shareholders in Novo. So that deal, whilst it brought $10 million of cash into Novo, which is really important for an explorer, mm. I think the joint venture is really powerful. You know, DeGray, and we like DeGray team, they've been on Malina, great success, haven't they? You know, oh, over 100%. four and a half years, yeah. they've taken nothing into something, and we think Besha's got that potential, but it's hard for a junior to, to grow that. Well, DeGray can bring on experience, um, they've got some cash, so they've brought mm. that on as well. So DeGray will spend $25 million over four years drilling Besher and the tenements around it, and that will still leave Novo with 50%. Um, that figure's pretty important to me. I think it gives upside to Novo shareholders, and it gives us the flexibility to make a decision down the track. But I think it really shows DeGray likes what they see. Yeah. They know the area better than anyone else. So I think it's been a great deal and really is an accomplishment for our exploration team. You know, only six months of drilling of air core mm. and you've got a $2 billion market cap company like DeGray that's well on the development path of, you know, 12 million ounces and they've invested in Novo. And that's their first joint venture. So that's mm. also, I well, think, key. That's all part of the exciting narrative really about Novo because, yeah, when you look at DeGray Mining and its successes, that went from, as you said, nothing to suddenly one of the big players and they're still growing. And for them to, to take a stake in Novo Resources clearly means that they've seen something that is somewhat attractive to make them, A, get involved and then open the checkbook and wanting to pursue that further with you. So, I mean, diving into what you've really uncovered and, and what you're hoping to really explore there, what, what more, what's more insight into, into Besha? So where Besha sits at the moment, um, you know, we finished up our portion of exploration at the end of June and now degray other managers going forwards. But up until the end of June, we'd completed 60,000 metres of air core. So if people aren't aware of air core, you know, air core is a technique that's low cost, but it allows us to sample the surface cover, but also mm. a little bit of the hard rock underneath the cover. And that little bit of hard rock is what we're looking for because that tells us the host rock of the mineralisation. So in that uh, 50, 60,000 metres of air core drilling, we delineated almost a 20 square kilometre, a huge block of land of uh, gold anomalism. Uh, and when you compare those initial results to some of the early results that DeGray have published, you get very much the same yeah. style. You know, um, Don't forget, DeGray, we're talking about a 1.5 gram per tonne system, but it's a big system. So we were seeing the same things um, in air core results of 0.5s, 0.8s, even up to two grams per tonne. So the whole area was seeing the same characteristics that DeGray had, same intrusions, um, the same shear structures, the same geochemistry, all those good things that geologists like. DeGray have come in, had a look at that and go, gee, there's some similarities to what we see on our side of the fence. Uh, it'd be great if Besha turned into a resource and then that would uh, allow us to work with DeGray on maybe a production profile. Mm. So that's the optimism. Yeah. Right, long way to go oh, to yeah. achieve that, you know, yeah. early days. But the fact that they have uh, really identified the Besha project early on is fantastic. So our challenge now is find something else.
Yes, of course. And I guess that's the excitement now is that you've, you've secured a bit more funding. It gives you a little bit more, as we said, freedom to, to allocate towards the other projects. And I know there's, there's quite a few tenements that, that you guys have got. Uh, so, so what else is really evolving at, at Novo? And, and what, I, I guess, are the objectives over the next six to 12 months? And of course, the next question, which we'll touch on, is about the whole, whole listing side of it. So for us, for the next six months, quite a busy program. We're going to have uh, probably two rigs at one stage drilling uh, air core or diamond drill uh, across Australia. So that's, I think, important. We've got enough cash flow to keep our exploration journeys going. So the first thing people will see is we'll start drilling at a project called Nunnery. So Nunnery is about 80 kilometres south of Besha. It's a very different style mineralisation. But our early work, again, using surface sampling and rock chips, we've seen results up to an ounce in our rock chips, mm. right, over a 1.5 kilometre strike length at Nunnery. So we've now got heritage of clearance. Um, we're just building the access track. So we hope to drill Nunnery in September this year. So people should look out for that. And then we've also got a block of land north of Malina, which we call Balabala. And it's really hosted around the Shoal Shear. So it's, again, early days. We hope to go drilling later this year. But what is Novo trying to do? We're trying to replicate the Malina Basin story in Balabala. Mm. Um, we see some great indications that maybe there is, you know, uh, opportunities for gold and the uh, Shoal Shear has been part of that conduit. So early days, no one's done modern exploration there and been able to put all the elements. So this is what we'll do as Novo. And that's what we like doing. We like building the pictures and then hopefully that will lead to success. And we shouldn't forget, you know, that's the Pilbara, mm. but we'll also go drilling way over in Victoria. We've got this yep. small block of land, you know, 22 square kilometres. doesn't sound much compared yeah, to the Yeah, it's Pilbara. the other project. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, but geology-wise, chalk it seas. You know, mm. we're talking about Victorian, um, you know, Fosterville mine-type geology, really, really complex. Um, geos have to delve into a lot of detail, geophysics, mapping, in this case, historical workings. And we have to go drilling uh, again around about October. So we've got a busy six yeah. months. Um, hopefully that will lead to success. But it continues that journey of us pulling apart our projects and then making the decision on whether we move forwards or we move on to other mm. projects. We've got enough of a portfolio to keep us busy for 12 months. And that leads into the whole listing on, on the ASX because, I mean, knowing that it was on the, the TSX and will still be on there and the OTC yeah. uh, it's it, again listing in Australia it, it is mining it's it's sort of what it's known for and, and almost in a way when I think of the, the TSX you, there, there are mining companies but having an Australian potentially on there and that might be because of its history you sort of don't it sort of mis disconnects with, with investors potentially so the reason behind the, the ASX listing I can see many would say as a no-brainer being a gold explorer in the Pilbara with DeGray it's sort of you know the logical solution is the, the ASX but I can imagine it's not as easy as just saying that there's a lot of steps involved so how was that whole process been unfolding and I mean what what is the next steps in, in regards to, to ringing that bell yeah for Novo um, we've kind of been on the ASX journey for 12 months it, um, we made the initial decision that we should explore that option we always see the ASX as a better fit for Novo Our assets in Australia yeah. um, Australian investors like gold they understand gold you know I think we're sitting here today and the Australian gold price is at highs. Yep. So gold's still a great investment. So we see that the Australian investors appreciate, A, the risks involved in exploration, but also the upside. Um, they like gold and they like to invest in projects where they can see the management of directors and we're here in Perth. 
Um, so there's a great fit all the way there. We'll maintain our TSX and OTC listings. We've got some really great supportive mm. shareholders um, and that's important going forwards. But as we've kind of transitioned away from some of the old Novo strategies to our expiration strategies closer to home, we think the ASX is a better fit. And we are really looking to attract some of those institutional funds, yeah. which again, struggle to invest overseas unless you're a big player or punching out dividends. Mm. And we're not into that space yet. So we think it is a natural fit. Um, it's been a lot of work. You know, we have 300 tenements trying to do the legal yeah. uh, due diligence for those uh, becomes um, tricky, but we've been able to achieve all of that. We lodged the prospectus uh, last week, which is uh, really good. And today the offer goes live. And so that will be uh, open from you know today, the 10th of August through to the 1st of September, and uh, the IPO will raise. So if all goes well, somewhere around mid-September, you'll see Novo trading on the ASX. Exciting. And I can imagine that, again, as we said, that's the, the culmination of 12 months of work, and then you'd say the work just continues, if not increases. So, I mean, going through that process, of course, it's exciting that it's, it's opening today, and the access to, as you say, sophisticated or institutional investors in Australia at gold is just like a partnership. It's just hand-in-hand. Hand. It's how we operate. But diving down over the next 6 to 12 months, you mentioned before you've got quite a lot of drilling targets and, and operations to get underway but I'm assuming that the funds are going to be used specifically in certain areas so can you elaborate a bit more about where you're planning to exercise the, the funds raised and what investors can expect in the next coming six to 12 months so, so where we sit today we've got about 25 26 million dollars Australian so mm. for an explorer we're quite you know well endowed with cash we also have some unlisted investments which in 2024 we hope to divest but there's around about 20 million Australian in that so during the IPO you know we've said we want to raise between four and seven and a half million Australians. So it's not a big mm. amount of money, but it allows us to start the liquidity journey on the ASX. Many of our existing shareholders, like DeGray, um, once we get on the ASX, they will, what they call, transmute. They will move their holdings from the TSX to the mm. ASX. So we'll start to build up a presence on the ASX. So that's the key aim for the next you know, six to 12 months execute that exploration that we've talked about, do that drilling and hopefully that will lead to success going forward. So we'll be post IPO in a good position to do our exploration program for the next 12 months. Um, success will breed more success, but I think we're well positioned going forward. So it is an exciting time for our exploration team and all the people in the office that support them. Mm. And as you were saying before, because it's predominantly gold folks, I'd like to turn the conversation to just generally gold, the commodity, because as you alluded to, the price is at almost the highest it's been for, for Australian history. And, and the US, it's been bounding around that $2,000 an ounce. And it's sort of been accumulating there for the past, well, while now. Um, and I want to know really more so about the, the drivers for gold, because, you know, we always hear it's a safe haven from an investment point of view. And there's really never uh, a doubt that, that gold is a, a driver for investment. But we're sort of noticing this weird period, I guess, from a global standpoint where it might be more of the economic side of it, but you know, you've got global banks, um, economic banks buying money and storing it or buying gold rather. But I just want to know what you think the outlook is shaping up for gold, because that, of course, feeds down into the junior explorer side of it. And as we're saying, diggers and dealers is now all about lithium, uh, whereas traditionally it was all about gold, but gold hasn't really disappeared. It's just hasn't got that shiny attraction that lithium has got. So what are your thoughts on gold going forward? Yeah, I think it's hard to be an expert for gold this year. Yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, from January across the world, um, 
the our shareholders and other people that help us out have always you know said to me you know gold's going to break out sometime mm. well here we are in august and we kind of really haven't seen a exactly. breakout and we've cons- you know consistently seen a disconnect you know aussie dollar we're very good gold price but we haven't necessarily that seen that flow into markets we've seen you know not great interest rates coming out of the united states but that didn't flow into uplifting mm. gold price so i think people are still struggling um, with what they do that and I listened to you know Jake Klein from Evolution at Diggers and he was lamenting the same thing you know yeah. his first slide was the a gold gold price which is absolutely superb so why not invest in gold so mm. um, I think Jake is correct gold is something you should always have in your portfolio um, it is a safe haven uh, gold producers and gold explorers offer lots of upside uh, I think one of um, Jake's slide really talked about that if you look at the ASX market, there's more you know liquidity in gold stocks than there are in some of the critical minerals. So mm. there's a more of an upside and benefit to shareholders. So I would always argue have a bit of gold in your portfolio. Yeah. It's really important. Um, sure, lithium and other things are seeing great growth at the moment, but you know they are high high risk at the moment given the markets and the transparency. So gold, I think, will continue to have a good future in our economy Mm. i think gold prices will remain high and as we all know we're really lacking gold discoveries yeah you know and so that's another great upside for people to invest in gold explorers because we're due some really big discoveries Mm. um, beyond what we've seen with degray so that's the attraction yeah well given because you know that exploration across the board but yet gold is no exception there's been an underwhelming lack of investment or development of new mines and it's this natural cycle whereby there hasn't been any there's been major discoveries but you know there hasn't been enough really given the the demand increases and that's across the board but that flows into you need the exploration which if i tie it back to to the gray mining the fact that they're wanting to get involved they see the potential in it is clearly a you know there's no shortage of of tenements and areas and, and projects but clearly they've navigated and decided to go with you guys which has been again it's an incredible story and it's going to continue to develop so i mean if i'm tying back to that i mean the whole discussions with degray mining and and getting them interested you said it was because they noticed similarities uh that was clearly a a process that's evolved and developed i can imagine over an extended period of time but how did that really just start and i mean was it a a, a, you know one approach the other without disclosing maybe not meant to but but how did those conversations really originate yeah it was a combination of strategies we clearly early on when we looked at priorities within the pilbara and what the exploration team were working on we saw besha as a great opportunity Um, that really linked into our journey on the asx and as part of that journey we were looking for a partner cornerstone to help us support that asx listing and you know degray was one of a few groups across australia and the world that we talked to but at the end of the day, the, the great team knew more about the project. They bring a lot of benefits for our shareholders in knowing more about the ground and being able to accelerate discovery. Uh, so that's, you know, at the end of the day, we saw their uh, working with us as the best attraction. Um, but we definitely had interest from many other mm. parties in our exploration and what our team do. So that's really good for us. And, you know, Novo has a clear strategy. You know, we don't stand up and say that we want to be a developer. We've seen enough explorers fall over being a developer. Mm. Each of our projects, like Nunnery, that will start drilling, if that turns out to be a great opportunity, we'll make an independent assessment on what's the best pathway 
for shareholders. Mm. Um, I don't think explorers should always get out of bed and go, I want to be a developer. Does that really bring money to shareholders? Mm. When, as you've seen with Besha, you know, $10 million of investment to Gray, so that cash is now going to be used at Nunnery and Balabala and elsewhere. But then at Besha, someone else is spending the money, the Gray's yeah. money, yeah. on pushing Besha and we've still... Um, going to keep 50%. So $25 million on that Besha project and the other tenements around it is a pretty good lick of money 100%. going forward. So that means we can put our efforts looking at the next big thing. And it's well funded as well, which means that you haven't got that consistent headache of having to, to again, go back and try and get more, more money knowing that you've got something. But as we said, capital is a constraint, which Novo hasn't necessarily got those limitations now with DeGray coming in. And uh, I mean, given that it's that area, um, we could say DeGray has a lot more resources. But if we're outlining, because I think the Pilbara is the, the real well, the excitement, at least that I've got. I mean, what, what sort of area is it like if you're describing it? Because on a podcast, it's hard to sort of visualize uh, it. But I mean, describing that area and you, and you said like accessibility and just what is the lay of the land out there? Yeah, so if people can really think, you know, the, the DeGray ground and our ground, it sits you know, between Carrathra and Port Hedland, it's about almost equal distance. It's quite flat, but it always has those uh, solid, you know, ridges or mountain, I can't call them mountains, I suppose, yeah. but ridges or <laughs> yep. hills yep. Um, throughout the Pilbara. Um, as we all know, in summer, it becomes very hot. So we normally don't drill during the cyclone season because it's just access is too mm. hard. Um, so, you know, it's quite scrubby uh, material. As people would know, there's dry riverbanks in there, but during the wet season, they run. Yeah. Um, with very high rains as we have with the cyclone season. Um, I actually think it's quite attractive. I've spent a lot of my life, as, even though I'm in Queensland, in and out of the Pilbara, and I think the Pilbara's quite nice. So, yeah. um, I think there's a, you know, the, the, the communities there, Caratha, Roeburn, uh, Port Hedland, are very supportive communities of that. Um, we're fortunate, and part of the reason that's great to work with De Grey is we both share kind of the same ethos and the same desire to work with the traditional owners in the area. So that's been important to mm. us in choosing a partner as well. Yeah, well, that was going to feed into my next question really was about the the interaction now with traditional owners has been clearly a, a direction and a paramount for, for mining explorers. So elaborating on a bit more of that, uh, it's good to know and those communities are a paramount to have involved in, in the discussions, but how is that all evolving? And given it's not just that, it's also the community, the towns, it's a very mining friendly sort of jurisdiction, which is also helpful, but but what are the conversations like surrounding that? Well, Novo's a bit interesting because of it, the, you know, the size of our portfolio, we actually work with nine traditional owners across the country, mm. um, eight of them here in Western Australia in the Pilbara. We like to build grassroots relationships um, to the point where whilst we have a really strong heritage team um, that can talk to other people, but I like to be able to know the CEOs and the boards of the traditional owners, and so does our general manager exploration, Kaz Luca. We think that personal touch is important. Mm. Um, as I said, I've been in and out of the Pilbara for a long time, so I actually know um, those traditional owners for a whole range of different reasons, but you've got to have respect for their culture, yeah. and that's number one. Um, like any friendship or relationship, you have to build it from trust, and Novo is very good at doing that. If we uh, promise to look after cultural heritage, we do so. Um, we're very supportive of the heritage survey work that has to be done, and we're very help, you know, happy to help the traditional owners as they grow their businesses and mm. how we incorporate that. I think across um, the Pilbara, uh, the groups that we deal with are 
very sophisticated. They're very willing to work with mining companies who show the right uh, integrity. Yep. Uh, and that's important. Yeah, well, and that's that's a key which you alluded to as well about the, the team and having that trust. So if you want to shed a bit more light on, on who's involved in, in Novo Resources from, from top to bottom, I mean, what makes it a, an attractive team and, and clearly having this success is a, a proof of concept of, of who's involved. So who was a part of the team? For a small company, we've got quite a... Um, really experienced exploration team. Uh, so Kaz DeLuca is our general manager of exploration. Um, Kaz has worked across the world um, chasing gold projects and has been very, very successful. Uh, she's supported by three exploration managers who carry the same type of ethos, but also the same experience looking for gold across the world. And that's really important. That whole team, as I said, not only do they have great respect for the judicial owners, but they are very disciplined in their approach and how they work with the exploration team. Mm. You know, we rely on everyone from fieldies all the way up to tenement management people to make us happen, and we've got a great team that works to that. Um, they're very focused on technology and the latest uh, expertise, which yep. is important, uh, and really that's driven our success. Mm. And that team can't be as successful if there isn't support from people like myself and the board of Novo. And you know, on the board of Novo, we've got experienced geologists and people that have been in the mine industry. And we also have a director who's focused purely on sustainability and ESG. So we bring the right skill set as a whole team in Novo to be successful. Yeah, it's, it's a round out picture of, of why it's gotten to where it is. And as we said, there's a lot more to go. So uh, if we're understanding how people can reach out and, and going through this, this raising bit now, I mean, can we get a bit more information about the, the IPO process and potentially if people do want to get involved, how they, they can? Yeah, quite easy. So first thing is click on the website. Yep. Um, there'll be a box there with the prospectus and apologies. You'll see a video of me talking <laughs> about the IPO and there's also some other videos of both me and uh, Kaz DeLuca talking about our expiration. So that is without doubt a wealth of knowledge and you'll also find some forms there that allows you to participate on the IPO. So Argonaut are our brokers um, with the mandate for this. So you can also reach out to Argonaut who mm. help you along the way. Beautiful. Yeah, well, I'm excited to, to read it. I haven't had a chance given that, yeah, as we're recording August I do 10. warn you, the prospectus is like 330 yeah. <laughs> pages. But uh, if you get through, you know, the first 10 or 15 pages outlines Novo's strategy mm. and the assets that we have. And there's also a good, you know, overview presentation, as I said, a couple of videos, the last exploration update video and the IPO video. And there's also um, a wonderful Novo um, corporate video about the Pilbara. So there's some great pictures of the Pilbara and geologists flying around in helicopters. So no, fantastic. Uh, it's a good introduction to yeah. Novo. Yeah, no, I'm excited. And it's that's where I, I've sort of was excited to have this conversation with you to learn about it because yeah it's it's a company that's been there for a long time but now bringing it back to home onto the asx shore you could say is is going to captivate a lot of people's interest given all the 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 parts and uh, the parts of the puzzle that are all lining up and it's going to be a very exciting period of time so thank you for for joining me on the show today and i uh, look forward to hearing how it evolves and and yeah seeing it ring the bell in in the coming month and, and seeing what happens so thank you again mike thanks very much ben thanks for listening to the marketable podcast if you enjoyed it, please make sure to like and subscribe. You can follow The Market Bull on our socials at Twitter and LinkedIn by searching The Market Bull. You can also subscribe to our newsletter on the website by visiting www.themarketbull.com.au.